Welcome to Warp and Weft. I'm your host, Allison Carr. This is a podcast where we explore the stories, practices, and skills that help us weave our world back together. Happy end of the year, everyone. We did it. 2020 is finally winding down. Um, my goodness, what a year. Um, I'm sure I'm not alone in being happy to see this year pass. Uh, it was a hard year. And there was also some wonderful things mixed in with the hardness. But um, yeah, in general, this will be a year I think that we'll be talking about for a while. Um, I'd like to really be optimistic and look towards the future, but everything I'm hearing from both astrologers and looking at the world as I see it, just from the news, I don't think that um, 2021 is shaping up to be a whole lot better. Certainly, certainly, there is some hope on the horizon. Absolutely. Um, I just think it's going to take us a while to get there. Um, I myself am thinking back to how New Year's 2019, you know, end of the year 2019, I was so glad to see that year go. And really, really feeling like 2020 was going to be a lot better. Um, and so I just want to call our attention to that. If you are one of those people who's penning your hopes on our current struggles being confined to this year, um, I'd like to maybe offer you some skills and practices in this next episode that might help you cope with the coming year, uh, even if the year itself is not going to get a lot better. Um, for me, like I already mentioned, one of my main coping skills this year was astrology. I know, I know, I know what you, some of you are probably thinking. Um, but honestly, it was really helpful. And I'm not talking astrology like, you know, will I, will I get money this year? Um, I'm, t- I'm talking about astrology that has to do with sort of like what we're going through in the collective. Certainly, it was helpful at times to tune into astrology forecasts for the week or the month and know that like, when I was having an incredibly hard time, that also a lot of people were having an incredibly hard time, that helped me externalize it a little bit and maybe realize that some of it was just what what we're all going through. And of course, I have my own responsibility within that and things to learn. But it was nice to know I wasn't alone. Um, the other thing that's been really helpful for me this year has been finding more bedrock, sort of spiritual bedrock to lean on, Um, which may be surprising um, to hear me say if you've been following along with what's been happening in my life. Um, And if you're new here and don't know what I'm talking about, um, you know, 2019 uh, really saw the last remnants of what I thought of as my spiritual community kind of blowing up in a big way. If you want to hear my side of that, you can listen more about that. Uh, I think it's episode 17 of this podcast. I talk a little bit about what that process was like for me. Um, But 2020 has really helped me hone in on the things that are true for me. Um, Setting aside stuff I may have been taught or learned from people that I no longer feel are 
super ethical anymore or really worthy of giving my, um, you know, faith and belief in. So for me, that's been connecting with the land that I live on. And one of the surprising things about this pandemic has really been how um, it has opened up for me uh, an ability to form a relationship with the land here in Alaska in a way that I don't know I would have found through any other way. Um, This really has been a year where I feel like finally um, I'm falling in love with it here. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that I can't leave. Um, And that also so much of our activity this year has been forced to move outside. Um, And just for those of you that might be in, um, in places where it's not quite as cold as here and you are worried about how you're going to make it through this winter, I just want to say I have had dinners in people's open garages at nine degrees and had a wonderful time. It's all about proper clothing, people. If we can do it up here, you can do it down there. Um, The other piece that I can't stress enough has been learning about... um, my own nervous system, about trauma recovery, Um, learning the polyvagal system was uh, life-changing for me. And um, doing, having the opportunity to do more um, study in how trauma resolution can happen in a gentle, um, easy, um, regulated way has been a game changer. It's also been the year where I've started my own fledgling um, trauma healing practice, which I will continue to add to and grow in the next year. Um, But let's get back to uh, what this episode is going to be about. So I mentioned astrology and I brought it up for a reason, um, which is I had the opportunity in this episode to talk to Elizabeth Russell, who is the creator of Dream Fruit. Um, and you're going to hear all about what that is. But it, basically, last year, she put out an almanac. Um, and like a lot of almanacs or lunar planners or, um, you know, um, We're seeing a lot of these on the market right now, and I think there's a lot of wonderful ones out there, and I was lucky enough to get to talk to Elizabeth about hers. So it consists of the 13 moon cycles of of 2020. It incorporates astrology, but what was really unique about her almanac for 2020 is that it included, with each new moon, included a, a dream that came in the form of instructions. So... Elizabeth asked herself, if a being from the future could talk to us and tell us step by step what we did during these times to build a regenerative world, what would that being say? And from that question, this series of dreams came forward. And each one is a set of instructions about what exactly we did moon by moon. Um... And she published all that in what she's calling the Dream Fruit Almanac. 
2021 edition of Her Almanac is out now, and we talk a little bit about that in this episode, but I really wanted to talk to her about 2020. This is sort of my year in review episode of the Warp and Weft podcast, and um, so we took her dreams or her um, instructions that she received and and wrote down, um, and we looked back and we looked at how accurate those instructions were, how sometimes confusing they were. Um, And we also talked a lot about how that process helped her. Um, I loved this conversation, and I hope you're going to love it too. And whether it's Elizabeth's Almanac or somebody else's, I just really encourage you to find some form of um, way of tuning in and grounding into the energetics of each time period that we pass through for 2021. Um, I think that's an excellent coping skill moving forward. So however you choose to do that, um, I hope that's something you add to your, your, your skill set this year. So um, yeah, here is my interview with Elizabeth. So welcome, Elizabeth. I'm really excited that you could join us to talk today. Um, will you introduce yourself briefly and just tell everybody about the Dream Fruit Planner and what it is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I am Elizabeth Russell, and I created the Dream Fruit Act. Since then, I have to say it's actually more of a world of Dream Fruit that includes an almanac. Um, but I am. Um, yeah, I live in Eugene, Oregon. I'm a former Portlander and I'm really enjoying kind of being in a quieter community where I can listen a little bit more deeply to nature and um, create things like, like dream fruit. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm, what I'm up to and yeah. Yeah, I realize I mistakenly called it a planner. It's really not. It is an almanac. Um, will you talk a little bit about what it is and how it came about? Yeah, absolutely. It it is so many things, and I also call it a planner because I do use it that way. But um, it is uh, something that, in the creative process, you probably have been. Um, there are usually these wild times on the at the in between projects that feel very disorienting and um, vulnerable and and I was in a pretty heavy one of those in between times uh, mm-hmm. after moving away from Portland, Oregon, and closing my expressive arts studio that I had there, B Space Studio, years um, and years and. Um, and yeah, arriving in a new place and having, um, finished up these pretty large scale projects and being in this in-between time. And I felt this, um, well, I didn't know if it was a fertile void or a bottomless pit that I was in. And (laughs) a part of me thought, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is a fertile void because I do have faith in this, in the process. Yeah. (laughs) And another part of me was not so sure. Um, But yeah. And I, I do this annual event with uh, an astrologer friend of mine, Stephanie Shea, 
and we at the beginning of each year we do this create new year which is astrology and creative magic for the year ahead and we had just finished uh doing that in january and i heard myself say we were kind of chatting afterward and i have to i, I heard myself say this like for the 20th time, I wish somebody would just make a planner that had all of the astrology in it, like the, the actual themes, not just the, not just an aspectarian and that mm -hmm. also had room for me to do my creative stuff with themes. And anyway, I basically just described, you know, and I just thought, okay, how many more times am I going to describe what I need without making something it. about it. Yeah. yeah. So that was, it just hit me really hard and became one of those sort of major homework assignments that I had to do in like 36 hours. And so I did that in 2019. I just kind of laid out this year for myself of calendars for each month. And, and that was not, not dream fruit, but it definitely was beginning. And so, yeah, so dream fruit just became uh, just took on a life of its own. And it's a, it is a planner. It is an almanac. It includes astrological information, but more than that, I've found that it's really like a meta story for the year, mm. following the dreams as um, kind of missives from the future. And that's, that was a big surprise to me as I was creating it. I wasn't really sure what was coming through, but what came through was something of, you know, a kind of a time traveling fairy godmother telling me how it went, mm. uh, you know, like she was coming, visiting me from the future saying, this is how we, this is how we made it to a regenerative world. Here is what we did during that moon. Mm. And so that was, that really is what dream fruit is. It's the, it's an imagined pathway to a world that I believe, you know, we all want to be possible and our hearts know is possible and mm -hmm. and it's sort of a collaborative project with the beings of the future and with the ancestors and with the more than human yeah Eve. so it's yeah <laughs> i want to ask you more about the process but real quickly i just for our listeners who don't have it right in front of them i just want to give them a little glimpse of what we're talking about so it's this beautiful colorful like spiral bound book that goes through the year moon by moon so you really organizing the year is it new moon to new moon yeah is that how you work and then for each moon yeah. there is the dream and it's a little paragraph that talks about yeah as if it were the past what we did um and then you have you have a section so you have the dream and then you have from the weave, which is sort of some suggestions for how to work with that. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there is like a regular sort of date planner. And then there's lots of like space for journaling and some ritual suggestions. There's like an elemental part, like earth, air, water, air, and fire place for you to make some notes. Um, and what's really special about it are these dreams. And I wonder if we could go into a little bit about where they came from, how you find them, how, how do they come to you? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really learning um, each, this is my second year in it, and I'm, I'm learning what that is. But it, it really, there are 
a few processes and layers to it. One is, you know, very simple, straightforward thing of I really want to get the big picture of the year just astrally and kind of just put my, you know, just those um, glasses on, just looking mm -hmm. at it through the lens of what we really know just in our symbolic language is um, about just the energy they're coming up. I use the Sabian symbols, yeah. um, which are, yeah, uh, which are like these, these symbols that are really rich and filled with um, all manner of imagery that are kind of coded into the each degree of the zodiac. Um, I think of them as sort of these animistic intelligences that preside over each degree. Um, and, but they, they definitely inform um, my process. So when I get those sort of basic pieces in, I read the symbols um, as though I were reading a story. Mm -hmm. And that is when I start really diving in and I hang out with the, with the tree or the river or where, you know, some intelligence, some nature being usually just is, offers itself up as my, my guide or my ally while I write mm -hmm. and kind of dream into the story a little bit and look for, and so it becomes a fusion of those symbols and the, the overarching astrological and um, just energetic themes. It's not only astrology. Um, and those things get open into what I see with my eyes in real time, mm -hmm. what I feel in my heart as something is possible. And then it just is this collaborative process with some with this kind of entity that I think, well, I'm starting to think about who that might be or what that is. Um, mm -hmm. But I feel like it's going to take a few more years before I understand really what it, what all that is. But who you're collaborating with. <laughs> who I'm collaborating with. Yeah. <laughs> really quickly for people who don't know what the Sabian symbols are, do you have a good way to sum them up just in a sentence? Yeah, the best I can say is that these are, um, these are images that were downloaded um, at the beginning of the 1900s uh, by a psychic um, in collaboration with a scribe who guided the process. And basically they just went through the symbol for the degree for each, um, each notch within each sign of the um, of the zodiac, and just received an image. Uh, mm -hmm. And they are like dream images. Um, a sailor on the open water looks at the star. Mm -hmm. it, like those kinds of things are are what come through. So the symbol for I'm not I'm not going to be able to tell you a specific one, but say 23 degrees Scorpio would be, mm -hmm. you know, maybe that. Yeah. Um, so. Does that help? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good explanation. Um, so, my so my brain goes to I just like how long does it take you, and when in the year do you start writing for the following year? I start um, usually May. I say usually. This is only my second time writing it, but yeah. I started really early, and I'm glad I did because it yeah. takes a lot of time to really do it. And I'm I'm also getting into interested in how I have to feel the time, mm -hmm. uh, the texture of the time. And so it, in some ways it gets easier, the closer we get that, you know, the less time that I'm trying to cover yeah. between my mind now and my mind of the future. Uh, but it, it takes, I'm going to say it takes at least half a year to do it. Wow. 
Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll get better at it. I mean, that's, it sounds like an undertaking. So 2021 is finished and available right now, correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, I thought it would be fun. This will probably air caveat. So we're recording this early December of 2020 and it, we haven't hit the solstice yet, which is the great, whatever, some big thing is happening with, is it Jupiter and Saturn? Mm -hmm. Something's happening. Do you know? Yes, Jupiter and Saturn okay. are uh, going to be entering Aquarius together. So they're right. holding hands, jumping over the, over the line together into a so, new sign. Yeah, and the thing about it, so every, all the astrologers I know are like, well, that's really the big event of the year. And I'm like, oh, oh, we haven't even had the big event of the year. <laughs> so big caveat, we haven't had that event yet, but we thought it'd be fun to sort of like give you guys a glimpse into what these things are like by looking back at 2020 and doing a little, little, not a whole year in review, but just some hitting some high points and looking at um, the dreams that came through and kind of just taking a look at how, you know, what you noticed. I'd love to hear what you noticed um, about them. So the first one you mentioned was uh, March, right? When the pandemic lockdowns really started. What, what moon was that again? Will you remind me? They all have names too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they each have a name um, that really sets the tone for that lunar cycle. Um, and that was the reciprocity moon, the third mm. um, full lunation of 2020. Do you have and, that uh, with you? Can you read us a, p a piece of that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so reciprocity, the third moon, February, it, the new moon was on February 23rd, and it went through March 23rd. In the dream of the reciprocity moon, we arrived at the marketplace with all of its colors, scents, and sounds, humanity's rich ingenuity on display. In the old economy, we could not have found the things we needed for the time ahead nor could we have realized the great extent of our own inherent gifts. We strengthened one another through our generosity and our gratitude. We freed ourselves to exist and exchange outside the parameters of convention. We discovered a realm of utter permission to be who we were and give what we had. And from the vendor with the kind eyes, did we find the glittering gift? And did we value it beyond measure? And was it the boon we required for the task ahead? Yes, give a song in trade. And the exhortation, each uh, moon also has an exhortation. Um, mm -hmm. And the, the exhortation for this one was gather provisions for the journey ahead. Mm. Yeah, and this was the moon when things got really started getting really bendy for me mm -hmm. having this and in the terrain of it and re and knowing how much um yeah just what I'd seen you know I can only translate as much as will fit in the book but I'd already seen all these other things and so just kind of having it layer in right away here we were hoarding toilet paper mm -hmm. and you know, masks had suddenly this extreme value and mm -hmm. the whole idea of what we value and what is a provision and what is the journey ahead just became really pronounced very quickly. And a lot of people with Dream Fruit this year, <laughs> I think we all kind of sat up when, when, when we got to the reciprocity moon. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back to this interview with Elizabeth after a very short break. 
This episode of the Warp and Weft podcast is brought to you by me, Allison Carr. This is a completely independent, non-sponsored project at the moment. But one of the ways I make my way in the world is through the healing arts and teaching. I've combined both those skills in the most recent class I've created called the Resilience Course. It's a course that gives you instant access to tools and strategies for helping you settle and calm your nervous system. It's a self-paced five-module course that'll teach you techniques for finding a sense of safety and ease no matter what life is currently throwing at you. I designed this course just as the COVID-19 pandemic was hitting the U.S., so I designed it knowing that my students were going to be coming to the class stressed out, probably in a place of fight-or-flight activation. The course is a combination of exercises that help immediately and some theory about how your nervous system works, why you can feel stuck and frozen and scared all at the same time, and how you can regulate that so you can feel more calm, safe, and able to function. Because functioning is good. Like I said before, it's self-paced, so you can sign up at any time. You can take as much time or as little time as you like moving through the curriculum. And the best part is that it's currently, and for the foreseeable future, half-priced. I'm keeping it half-priced for the duration of the COVID-19 pandemic. And we don't know how long that's going to be. So right now that makes the course only $25. To register, you can find this course at resiliencecrashcourse, all one word, dot teachery, dot co. Or you can go to my website, alisoncar.net, and find a link for it under the work with me tab. You kind of have to scroll to the bottom of the page. So last year was your first kind of official, or this 2020 was your first official dream fruit. Yeah. This was the first time it was called that and took that form. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) What were you, let's do it. I mean, it's hard, you know, 20 hindsight is 2020, not to be Mm -hmm. punny, but um, when you were writing dream fruit 2020 back in 2019, like, did you have any idea? None. Really? Yeah. No. I don't think there, no. What I saw was just this pivot point. Yeah. It was just this, compl- and, and I was reviewing the kind of the overview that I had written for the new year. And it was, you know, we're passing through the eye of the needle. Mm-hmm. And this is our crossroads here. And we need to create space. And so it was sort of these broad stroke kind of ways that I could, you know, just energy imprints that I was seeing. But no, Mm -hmm. I don't don't think there would have been any way. But then as I read it now, I see these, you know, I could see like the kinship moon, which we just completed, was such a time of deep grief. Mm. And, um, And that... Let's see, this was the, um, the 11th, which started October 16th. And the whole language around in the dream and, uh, in, and from the weave for that lunation was all about 
finding a way to express public grief and mm -hmm. really letting ourselves be in a collective state of lament. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I was, my attention was really kind of like, it was really gravitating toward that as I reviewed, you know, as after I wrote it and it went out to everybody, I was like, I wonder what that moon is about. I got, mm. I was just kind of sitting with a lot of curiosity about that 11 moon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now I see, I mean, we just, we all have such a need to find a way to be with grief. And yeah. To share that and not have it be a private experience. Yeah. The other one that struck me, you know, if we're going to look back at the year, it's like we've got the pandemic hitting and then we have May 25th, which was when George Floyd was killed. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the repatterning moon. Do you mind reading that one for us? Yeah, repatterning. The sixth moon. In the dream of the repatterning moon, we met at the gate of a walled garden. Inscribed on the threshold, once those places had names, it was strangely enough easy to find your way to them. That was the inscription on the threshold. Mm. Inside the gate, the gardener was moving quickly at transplanting familiar plants and planting new and unusual ones. Places like this were planned and built as a living record of a culture. Here, we realized that record was under revision. Mm -hmm. The old design did not account for our world's recent discoveries. In the center of the garden, we leaned together over an ornate iron table. Each of us recorded what we had found in our travels, adding and subtracting from the collective map, creating an updated pattern of now. You are here. Consult the map. Mm. Yeah, and what, was, what really stands out for me um, with that, with the repatterning moon, was the prompt. Um, what forgotten pieces do you need to include? Right. Make room for complexity. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and there was another question um, that I, like a, I call them seed questions for the year, which is, you know, which was quite literally, what colors have you been missing? Mm. And I, you know, one of the things about questions and about time in general is <laughs> that it's nonlinear. And that's, of course, the challenge with a planner <laughs> mm -hmm. that, you know, puts things kind of, you know, in a line. Um, so I really work with dream fruit in a way to like, how can we, how can we let time continue breathing through us while we are simultaneously attempting to dance with it and work with it and, and plan our lives and, you know, make things happen in our world. Um, and that was, so one of the things I did was I just, I put seed cards on in the back of the book so that we can cut them out and just have them be around so that those questions can live throughout the year yeah. and not just be locked in one month. And this one is a perfect example of that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that it's not just in that moment. It's all year. We're really needing to think about what colors have we been missing? Sure. Forgotten pieces do include did you expect that particular moon to be pivotal i mean when you looked at it what were the what were the moons that really stood out to you at the beginning of 2020 do you remember it all that, yeah the one that i had my eye on besides the kinship 
moon with um, the lament uh, in September mm. uh, was the crowning. I was expecting the crowning moon um, to really be our pivot point. Um, and that was the eighth moon, July 20th to August 17th. Mm. And yeah, and there was a lot of astrological kind of, I can't even remember what, um, mm -hmm. made me kind of gravitate toward that. I'm sure if I looked, it would be quite obvious, but right now my mind's been in other places. Um, sure. But I really sensed that that was where the eye of the needle really was. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm curious. I, I saw that as the crossroads and it was really the kind of the, that was the end of, there was a, there was an energetic shift during that moon cycle. And I think that's when Mars started its kind of retrograde, entered its retrograde shadow. Yep. It was toward the end of that lunation. And I think we all, I, I checked in with friends and am I the only one who feels this? I think we all felt like, oh, we were kind of getting a reboot mm. um, yeah. at, that, at that time. And it was like, oh, it's 2020 2.0. I mean, now mm. we're kind of <laughs> like having this addition, next phase of, of all this, of all this that 2020 has been. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, you're t I mean, it's so funny. We're look I'm, I'm asking you these questions about 2020 and I'm looking back and I'm just like, what happened during July? When was that? I mean, I just feel like this whole year in some ways has felt like dream time. You know, there's moments where I catch myself and I'm like, are we in, what month are we in? You know, are, it, did, did the spring already happen? You know, just like really feeling out of sync with time. Um, I'm wondering if that, maybe it's that moon you just talked about, but if there's any, any moments where you still feel kind of puzzled by the, the dreams that came through and how they actually apply, where maybe perhaps we, you know, it is yet to be revealed, even though the moon has passed. That one really has been kind mm -hmm. of sitting with me, um, just because it had such a it feeling when mm -hmm. I was writing it. Mm -hmm. And as I look, look at it now and just kind of review my notes, I see uh, that we did a whole thing about off making an offering. And I think it says it somewhere in, in this, make an offering at the crossroads, mm. which, uh, and that was really the emphasis that, that I was leaning into at the time. And, um, and we do an online group um, process each through the lens of dream fruit. And that was what we focused on was what is your offering and what is it to be at a choice point? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I'm just in, that's one that kind of me a little bit like, I hope, like, I'm glad that I, that I did that. I'm really glad. And I'm not really clear on, you know, I think when we do certain magic and certain spell work, we do it because we know it needs to be done but there's not always an immediate understanding of why. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's not until much later. And it, it may be that we look back and there's things we weren't even aware of happening during those moons that will be revealed later and we'll go, Oh, Oh, so that makes sense. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it just fits together. Yeah. Um, so you, sorry, you got cut off slightly when you said it, but you do, is it a new moon uh, gathering that you do in, mm-hmm. in connection yeah. with this? Tell, tell me a little bit about that. Oh, it's fun. <laughs> it's really great. Um, I call it the new moon cafe mm-hmm. and it's just a chance to, you know, it's that place that we can all arrive at. I can, I think of us all as travelers through this landscape yeah. and we can, we stop at the, at the cafe, um, every, just before each new moon to kind of see how the path has been for everyone. And that's when, you know, we kind of enter the, the dream for the new, for the new lunation and unpack it a little bit and do a guided journey of kind. Usually there's some um, writing prompts and I just really, I feel like if we're able to animate some of the, you know, imaginal you know, just the, mm-hmm. the actual deep imagination and allow it to kind of be generative um, and allow ourselves to be really active with it, uh, that it gives us um, sort of a template, an energetic template that we can lean into for the month. Mm-hmm. So that's what we are really focused on at the cafe. Mm-hmm. And are those open to anyone or open to folks who have the almanac or what's the... What's the membership there? That is open. I, yeah. I, I feel like it's just there. I offer it in the gift on a pay what you will um, basis. And uh, my hope is that it's useful, whether you have dream fruit or not. Um, it should be, I, I try to make it accessible to anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, we definitely do, you know, deep work. So you want to be, you know, it's not a passive experience. Um, um, we're working <laughs> when we when gather, but uh, come prepared to work. Lovely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess all of, you know, all of this review and kind of looking back, I think my overarching question is, it's hard to know what it would have been like for you to go into 2020 without this, but ha- do you have any sense of how these dreams or this sort of organizational strategy helped you move through this last year? Yeah, I am so glad I had dream fruit. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I leaned into it and kind of what you said just a second ago about this year has been so dreamy anyway. It's been Mm -hmm. like being in a weird scape and, you know, time is bending and I feel like that support of, well, I do think of it as the generative imagination and as a tool for, you know, really engaging um, and just being able to do it that way because the old ways of making a decision from my frontal lobe of my brain mm-hmm. <laughs> to, you know, the, for what I'm going to do, it just wouldn't have happened this year. It wouldn't mm-hmm. have worked. And so yeah. this is, um, this has really been a, a solace for me. I've, I have found myself just reassured, um, being kind of inside the pages of dream fruit. And that's been something I've heard quite a lot from people is just how it's, you know, it's a, it's a book that they, they, you know, can open and, and just feel like there's room for them. And that's how I have felt as well. Like there's room for me in here, even though the world is, um, 
filled with uncertainty right now. Mm-hmm. I have a through line here. And I think this really comes back to coherent narrative, having a story that can make sense to me and that we can all sort of weave ourselves into uh, a storyline that makes sense to us even as the world is going through this very significant transformation. Um, We can kind of feel our way through by telling ourselves the story of now in a way that, and again, with this past and, you know, with this traveling back from, from the future, this is the path that we took. Yes, the world was uncertain, and this was the path that we took. And just having some way that there's just a little, you know, guiding, like the headlights that you can maybe get like five feet ahead of your car, you know, yeah, like that. Yeah. What I really appreciated about it too, is that it's not, you know, some, I, I agree. I think it's really important to have the story. And then also, I think this year, we all realized how bypassy some of the stories can be, you know, the whole, like, it's all happening for the greater good or the love and light. Like all of a sudden it was like, Oh no, mm-mm. like we cannot operate from that kind of bypassing place anymore. And what I really like about these dreams is like you said, there's root, you know, there's going to be grief. Like there's going to be hard stuff. It's not all just that it was, for a, for a, you know, it, it doesn't bypass the hard stuff, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad to hear you say that, um, that it feels that way to you. I, I felt really, really strongly about that as I was writing it, you yeah. know, and I realized as I read it now, I'm, I think, oh, I hope it's okay. I hope people can handle that, you know, because we start within the first paragraph of even the introduction. I'm like, let's just remember that the world is burning yeah. and that this is breaking us all in two and <laughs> mm. can we just represents this reality mm-hmm. as we go through the year and you know again this is part of my own this came out of my need um i i mean obviously i'm a planner geek i mean i'm, I'm a virgo and so i, I mean mm. i come by it quite honestly but the i just needed to have what i was doing in my planning and in my calendar be held in the context of our world yeah the whole of it and and that is that also that closing ritual for each lunation the elements of the long is really intended to represents us with the the gratitude and the grief yeah and the possibility of seeing our world differently when we make room for both and going forward from that you know with all of that with us carrying it accumulated in our backpack right yeah yeah no i think forward making choices it's really important yeah so can we peek ahead a little bit 2021 uh i hear i hear astrologers say it's not going to get easier what's your take yep (laughs) i i feel like we've certainly you know 
I, it's been a, a year of, you know, we've all been shocked and kind of maybe snapped out of a few things and shaken and brought to some clarity about what are the essential things for us. And that those themes are very much, you know, continuing into the first part of the year for sure. Mm -hmm. I was really struck as I was looking into, it was like the first three or four months, each moon still had us individually cloistered. And I was writing this in May, June, mm. July. And I'm like, really? Mm. really? We're still in our rooms. <laughs> we're scrubbing the walls. I mean, like, yeah, we're just like, I mean, even one of the symbols for next early next year is exactly that is being cloistered, um, you know, in a convent. Okay. So this really stark, really stark time. It doesn't stay that way, but the work is a lot of interpersonal work, yeah. figuring out how to, and also, um, like, okay, the interpersonal work is figuring out how to make room for everybody to find a way for respectful difference. Mm. And this other layer, which is really about clearing the mind, um, getting, it's, started this year a little bit this it's a neptunian meme of what's real and what's illusion and it's really it really got to a you know it's kind of at pitch right now when yeah. we're all splitting off into our own versions of reality but that also continues in a pretty heavy way um, next year okay so a lot of belief system and a lot of interpersonal skills and communication skills and deep compassion and deep patience. Um, yeah. Mm. And possibility. I mean, I, I think you'll definitely be hearing a lot of that too, uh, because of all of this new fresh Aquarian energy. So, mm -hmm. but it is the, how we do it is, you know, what we get. So. Okay. What, are the are there any moons that you found really surprising next year? Were, you, were there any surprises for you? I think the whole thing is every mm -hmm. time. There's one that I'm really curious about. Um, it's the sixth, the sixth moon, which mm -hmm. is uh, the new moon is on May 11th. It's the messenger moon, and. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm interested in it because it's got two sides to it. It's uh, a very intense um, symbol and lunation, like the energy and the story of that moment is dark, mm. it's stormy, it's heavy. And yet if we know where to look, there is a shining thread. Mm. And I consider it to be the thread of, you know, what connects us to the larger living body of earth and the cosmos. Um, that invitation in that moon uh, cycle is to reach for that connection. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm that one's kind of got my attention because it's like this profound hope and you know this renewed faith in this very dark moment. And so it's a, it's that two two sides of something kind of in one lunation. Mm. Is there any you'd be willing to read us just as a sneak peek? Yeah, let's see here. What would be a good one? I didn't. Oh, 
uh, this is actually other favorite one. Mm. Good. This is the dream of the coherence moon, which starts August 8th. Okay. In the dream of the coherence moon, we followed the rivers winding past our new and fragile truce. And again, we're building a story. And so in the prior moon, there had been this union. The way was frustrating and beautiful in turns. It was filled with doubt and discovery amidst many differences. Uh, as our approaches failed us, we patiently practiced new forms of collaboration. At last, we stood together in a sun-drenched meadow and one by one made dedications. The river sang through us many voices to one voice. We stabilized into an immense shining clarity, the quietest of us made vast by the voices of others. All around the world, synchronized acts of beauty and collective power arose. Murmurations, choreographed nonviolence, disciplined and coordinated. We amplified the basic message of unity. And did the trees ring beside us, the chorus of life above and below? Yes dance on behalf of a lost cause mm. demonstrate harmonious intent mm. that gave me chills mm. august huh yeah. i have hopes and what i've been saying to my activist friends is that would be a you know start planning now mm -hmm. for a major like let's do it let's just make it Let's mm -hmm. prepare, like it would be a very fertile soil to plant some very potent acts of nonviolence, mm. um, radical and coordinated. And if we give ourselves the time and discipline it's required to actually do that and not just you know chaotically react, um, we can have a profound impact at that point. I believe mm. that month can be a really really powerful month for us to all see each other. In our ying, a new world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm, I like that. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready too. Mm, that's, that is very hopeful. I'm glad you shared that with us. Um, ooh, so how can people get a copy? Where do we find you? Well, I have my website, elizabethrussell.space. Okay. And I am, I have these limited, the spiral bound is a limited edition. Um, it's deluxe. It's beautiful. Um, mm -hmm. And I also have made a, a paperback, a perfect bound version that is those available on my website and also on Amazon. The, the, the paperback um, perfect bound is available on Amazon. And that's especially useful if anybody lives outside of the United States. Um, okay. So you can get it um, direct through Amazon uh, for a lot in a lot easier way than me trying to send it to you. Yeah. And how do people find out about your new moon so cafes? The the new moon cafe. Yeah. Also on my website, elizabethrussell.space, and that's twos and L's, and it's just dot space instead of dot com. Um, and yeah, my new the new moon cafe is there, and basically, every, you know, I do ask that everybody register in advance so that we can, you know, get this together so we know who's, who's coming, mm -hmm. um, but that's, it's all there. So. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Well, my closing question, and you've sort of spoke to this the entire way through, but this might be just a good time to sort of sum up was, um, so the podcast focuses on the idea of weaving the world back together. Um, if you could pick maybe the most important thread you feel like you're holding and weaving in your lifetime, what would that be? I have decided that I'm focused on this, this seam um, where this hair in the fabric between humans and the natural, the world, the spirit of nature. Mm -hmm. um, and I am just working that stitch. Mm. How do we restore our sense of connection? And this the this the declaration I got a couple years ago that has been sort of my marching orders is that nature speaks to us through the deep imagination. Mm. And I am dedicated to enlivening that thread, the thread of our deep imagination, so that it can become available as the tool for reconnection. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah thanks for asking. Yeah. yeah. Well, certainly so much to think about <laughs> for the coming year. Um, thank you so much for being here. And I'm really happy that you were able to share this beautiful tool with the world. Um, people out there, I'm just going to give it a plug. It is gorgeous and it's well-written. And if you're looking for a, something that's going to help you kind of get through the next year, if this year was hard enough, um, this definitely seems like a beautiful tool. So thank you. Mm, thank you. It's my honor, my privilege. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Warp and Weft podcast. If you want to support this podcast, one thing you can do that is really helpful is if you're an iTunes listener, you can give this podcast a five-star rating, and if you feel up to it, write us a review. That really helps independent media like this get in front of more people. Um, as always, the show notes will include links to everything we discussed in the podcast, um, you can find more about, out about Elizabeth on her website. You can order Dream Fruit. She is shipping now. Um, I got myself a 2021 uh, almanac. I am gearing up for uh, being even more prepared for this coming year. Um, however you choose to walk into the new year, I hope that it is a uh, meaningful and peaceful transition of the year for you. You can find out more about me, your host, at my website, alisoncarr.net. Um, and I'm wishing you a wonderful new year, and I will see you in our next episode. Take care. <music> <laughs>